0: Hey guys, this is Dustin Langley. I'm the senior pastor at Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor, Washington. And this is our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get these new sermons every week. Hope you have a blessed day. Good morning, Peninsula Life Church. Good morning, I'm Pastor Dustin for anybody who's here new. And I'm looking forward to sharing this message. With you. We are doing a one-day message called Envision Your Year. And I like talking about vision for the new year because I think some of us, we get so focused on where we've been and what we've gone through, and we stay stuck in that so we don't plan ahead or we don't think or envision a life that could be better. What is better? Well, it's relative, so let's put it that that. So don't you're not going to have the same life as Bill Gates. It's going to be different, okay? You're not going to have the same life as Justin Jefferson, for all of you... Uh, NFL fans out there who want to be making millions of dollars. But this is what I do know, that when we follow God, when we put our faith and our trust and our hope in Jesus, that he truly brings us to a destiny and a lifestyle that is better because he enhances us spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And for 2024, if you need any of that, well, Jesus is your source for all of that. And planning your new year is important because I truly believe how you leave something or leave from one room into the next, for that matter. Some of you know this very well. If you just finish arguing with your spouse and you're at family dinner or you got friends over, usually you're going to walk into the room and it's going to be all over your face because how you leave somewhere is usually how you're entering in, just like when you got in the minivan and you drove to your parents' house for Thanksgiving. We already know you fought the whole way there. It was because you were supposed to go this way, but you had definitely went that way, and there was traffic, and it was crazy, and you walked in, and you tried to look happy, but everybody just knew you weren't until you ate turkey and gravy and stuffing But the reality is, I think that when we leave a space, we're going to enter into this new space the same way that we left it. So I want us all in this room to leave 2023 on a high note, amen? So you're in the perfect place to get your new year started. You're at Peninsula Life Church, and you are trusting and hoping and believing for something better whatever that might look like as it's relative to you. But there are many people who come to the conclusion or gain an epiphany from the Lord in the midst of whatever they're doing. And sometimes it's at the wrong time. And we ask ourselves crazy questions along the way but. Sometimes we get to a point in our life and we really do ask that question to God. What am I doing with my life? This isn't what I planned. This isn't what I expected. This is not what I wanted for me or my family. But we inevitably get there because guess what? This is life. And there are a few curveballs that get thrown at you. But just because your life looks different than how you imagined or what you envisioned doesn't mean that it's not good, amen? Just because it's different doesn't mean that it's not good. And it's okay to put the reins down to allow God to move in your life and let him Bring you to a place to maybe you would have never thought or imagined. And it might be outside your box or outside of your realm of possibility, but nothing is impossible with God. And so, yes, you might be in a different place, but guess what? Different might look a lot better than what you initially imagined or planned or wrote down or the checklist you created for a better year. Amen. But I know that with God, it's possible to obtain or at least achieve or start on the path that he has for you. And it says in Psalm chapter 37, verses 3 through 6, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Now we love quoting this verse and it's usually just a small excerpt that we take out and we usually say, especially to our friends who are going through a hard time, we say, it's okay, God's gonna give you the desires of your heart, right? You might be down and out and you're just trying to cheer your friend up. It's okay, God will give you the desires of your heart. I know you want a Maserati, he'll give it to you. I know, I know you want... A a new interest rate on your loan, but I don't think God can break through this inflation, church. I'm just saying, it's possible. I think you understand what I'm trying to get at, right? We take this verse or this passage out of context and we do it because... We want something new. We need something different. We wish we had something more. We wish we had something better. And so we say, God, you said you were going to give me the desires of my heart. Why don't I have it? Well, there's a few stipulations attached to this verse. I don't know if you picked them up when we read them, right? The first part said, trust in the Lord. And do good. Oh, I'd have to trust in the Lord and do good if I want the desires of my heart? What else does it say starting in verse four? It says, delight yourself in the Lord. I have to delight myself in the Lord? And then it even closes in the final verse. In verse five, it says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. So let's ask ourselves the question this morning, are the goals that we've created previously, is the vision that you have or had for your life, is it rooted and based upon your commitment to the Lord? Is it based upon our trust in him? Because if he's going to give us the desires of our heart, the only way that he does that is if we also then do these other things, amen? We have to trust in God. We have to commit ourselves to Him and we must delight ourselves in the Lord, which means actually enjoy loving Jesus or love the things of God more than we love the things of this world? Because many of us were riding a fine line into this new year. We're like, I want to hold on to the old me, but I need a new me. New year, new you, new house, new car, new family, new... What are your goals for the new year? I'm not saying get rid of the family that you had, because I know that's what all y'all are thinking, all right? No, we're talking about renewing our minds for the the new year, okay? Because some of you might be single. It's okay to want a new family, a new spouse, to get ready for this new year, but what are we hoping for? What are we envisioning? Because the title of today's message is Envision Your Year. Let's envision our new year. But what does that even mean? The definition of envisioning means to visualize, to think about, conceptualize, put some thought into our future, right? So envision means to visualize, but also means to imagine a future possibility. And so are we basing our future and the possibility of our future off of the promises of God, off of the word of God, or are we basing it off of a improper and unrealistic point of view? Because the world offers us a lot of unrealistic, unguaranteed, limited opportunity. And so are we putting all of our eggs into the basket of the world or are we placing them into the promises of God? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. And so what are we visualizing then for our future? And what is that concept or visualization stemming from in our own heart? Does it come from a selfish desire? Or does it come based off a promise from God? I wrote this down because I truly believe that it's how many of us, we either think this way or we plan this way subconsciously or we consciously do it. But we have to talk about the flip side of uh, the positive new year and the everything's great and new year, new me, new you, all this, right? The reality is that sometimes we start to cast a vision for our life and for our families from a sinful desire that is in our heart, right? Nobody likes to talk about this aspect and I, I know I'll get to the encouraging stuff in just a moment. I think we had a good laugh at that video. But sometimes we start to create a future and envision a future for ourselves based off of, let me put it this way, I won't say sinful desire because some of you don't like hearing the word sin, but what if we have a tendency to base our future and our visions based from a selfish desire, right? Because one author, Paul Bilheimer, said that sin is self-centeredness. And I think many times we think of a future or plan ahead and we think about our goals for the new year and we write them down, not based out of a promise given to us by God, but from a selfish desire that's in our own heart. And so we begin to create realities for ourselves that are based off of falsehoods and inaccuracies and also inadequacies because the things that the world offer us are limited. They're finite. They fizzle out. They don't last forever. And it says in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that is in the world. The desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, it is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. And if scripture is true, it's telling me, and it's telling all of us one thing, that if we put our faith in man, if we put our faith in all only ourself, if we trust the sinful desires of our heart without running them against the word of God, or at least looking at our own desires from a biblical perspective, then we start to live a life based off of selfish emotions and desires, and then we start creating futures and destinies for ourselves off of falsehoods. Uh, you know what? The, I see all the time on Instagram that if I just take this one pill, I'm going to be amazing. Or if I get this one serum, my face will be magical. I want my face to be magical, all right? <laughs> but it's not going to happen overnight. And it just so happens, I you know, you can't really counteract aging. So some of us can attest to that. I get it. I know, but... Here's what happens, right? is many of it we get caught up in casting visions for our lives based off de- of desires that aren't even from God, right? They're off they're from man. and so the, it can't be a proper reality if it's based off of something that's not true. And how many of you believe the Word of God is true? Amen, I do. And so what am I basing my reality on? What am I casting vision for, for my life, for my family, for the church? How are we casting vision for our lives? Is it based off of the things of this world and off of man, or is it off of God and his word? I put it this way last service, and I think it's a good thing to say this service. It was pretty spontaneous, but some of us were out there and and you're looking to create a better future. You want something better for your family? I do. I want better for my marriage. I want better for the church. I want better for the businesses. I want better for my kids. I want better everything but why wouldn't we, right? Because everybody wants their children to have something better than what they grew up with, right? Right. And so we want to do well for our families. We want to cast a vision to have our, not just us as parents striving for, but something for our kids to shoot for and aim for and to be a good example of how that's supposed to be done. But so many of us create false realities or cast visions for our spouse and for our marriage and I mean for whatever. And we do Do it from an improper stance. So I said it last service and I'll say it again. Some of you, you want a better version of your spouse, right? You're just thinking they need to change and I think I'm good. And maybe your list for the new year is they should change, they should change, they should change, they should change. But ask yourself this, what is the vision and goals that you're praying and believing for for your spouse, right? Because if it's full of they should change, I don't see any accountability on the other side, right? But also this, right, I think as I mentioned, we create false realities or false expectations for what the world can bring us. Jimmy Evans puts it this way, men, this is the reality, men hyper-sexualize women. And right, so many times men will base their reality of what marriage should look like or what your spouse should do for you based off of what you've seen on the internet or what we found on the internet. And the reality is that's not what you're ever going to get because that's not real life. Women, can I get amen? Maybe. Okay. Flip side, men. Okay, here's this. is Now let's pump ourselves up, all right? On the other side of that, though, is women, you got your checklist. I mean, you know, he ties. He goes to church. He's good looking. He's tall. He's handsome. He's whatever. He got a job. He does this. He does that. He prays. I think there's 10 other things. I forgot already, though. And then you got married, and it was amazing. And then you were like, oh, my gosh, I should have made the list longer but here's the reality. Women is like many times we create false, false realities are then also created, expectations created because women have a tendency to hyper emotionalize men because you've done watched too much Hallmark movies during Christmas time. Now I did get an email about this saying, and this all came from Jimmy Evans, not me because I'm not saying that men cannot be emotional because we've, we very well better be men or else you won't have intimacy in our marriages, right? But we have this idea that the world is instilled into our heads on what our lives should look like and be like and how somebody's supposed to react when that's a falsehood and not a reality that you will ever achieve because it's not real. And so how are we creating visions for our marriages for our businesses for that matter, because the rea- I mean, we're not all gonna have Microsoft. You're not gonna start the next Microsoft, maybe not the next Amazon, maybe you will, and then you'll come back and t- say, I told you so. And then I'll say, cool. <laughs> He said it, I didn't, you didn't hit, don't, don't even listen to him. But I don't want to be the person that bases my entire life off of something that's unattainable, not real and unachievable. I want to base my future, my vision for my life, for my family, for this church off of what God says and not what the world tells me. I want to be so rooted in the word of God that anything that creeps into my mind or into my heart and says otherwise, I can call it out in a moment because I know Scripture says otherwise. I want to write down my goals for the new year in 2024 based off the promises of God and not the promises of man. In Ezekiel chapter 13 and verses 8 through 9, we see here that Ezekiel is speaking on behalf of God, but he's speaking over the nation of Israel because the tribe of priests and the prophets of this time were beginning to speak falsehoods for the nation of Israel. They were speaking from selfish ambition and selfish desire. They were saying things that weren't from God, but were ultimately lining their own pockets, but also keeping their... um, What's the rear end safe? And so the prophets just started speaking whatever to make sure that their ends were covered and it didn't matter because God wasn't really speaking these things to the prophets of Israel. And so Ezekiel had to be the one to come out and finally speak judgment upon the nation of Israel because Israel had drifted so far from God and their following him and their ideas of what their future should look like and what their nation should look like were so far off based from what God originally created for them in their promised land, that God was saying, I am going to now cast judgment upon this nation. In Ezekiel, it's written here, it says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have uttered falsehood and seen lying visions, therefore, behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and who are, give, who are giving lying divinations, they shall not be in the council of my people, nor be enrolled in the register of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Now, I'm almost done with the doom and gloom, but what I do know is this. Let me summarize this passage for you. This isn't saying that God is going to strike you down the moment you walk out of church because you had a sinful desire in your heart. This passage isn't saying that God is judging you right now because you didn't have a proper vision of what he had for your life. When we read this scripture, especially from the Old Testament, they didn't have a great high priest named Jesus, amen? And so, yes, even though we fall, he doesn't cast us down further into the pit, all right? But when I read this, this is what I do know, is God is not going to align himself with my visions that are from my sinful desires. So when I want to veer and alter my course in my path for my future, for my family, for this church, if it's from my own selfish, sinful desires, God's up there in heaven and like, no, nah, I'm not about that life, yo. And I'm like, grateful. Because if God partnered with me in every one of my selfish desires, I would just dig myself further and further and further into the pit. And that's not where I want to be. But what I do know is this, is that with God by my side, because of the work that he did on the cross for me, because I gave my life to him, because I believe in him as my Lord and Savior, because I know he is a God who heals, and I've seen it in my own life, and because I know he is a God who saves, he is for me, and he allows me to falter at times because I have free will, but he also picks me up every time I fall, and I know this, that if we would begin to cast our dreams and visions rooted in the word of God, we would be, to achieve and walk in the will of God for our own lives. How many of you want that for 2024? Amen. I want to walk closer to God in this new year. I want to know what he has for my life, not what Dustin wants, because sometimes that looks like all I need is a freezer full of meat and I'm good. All right. But I know he wants more for me than just that. I know he wants more for me than just a new car or a new house. Or new whatever. I know he wants for me more than that. So I wrote this down for us this morning. Let's cast God sized dreams for ourselves and for our family that align with scripture, right? That align with what the word of God say. And a lot of times you'll find out that it might be different than what you were thinking. It may not have looked as shiny or as beautiful or as grandiose. It may not have made you age less. You may not get bigger muscles, but I'll tell you this, it will be good. Amen? Because when we align our lives and when we align our vision and our future with God and what he has for us, he will help see it through to the end because his promises never fail. I wrote this down for practical application for each and every one of us, because some of you are going to enter into this new year making the lists for 2024. You're going to have your one year, maybe your five-year goals. You're going to have a vision for your business, for yourself personally, for your families. And I think this is the practical way for doing that because some of you are like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to make a list for the new year. I don't know how to envision what God has for my life. So do this first when you're preparing for 2024. Take a promise that God has given us, given you, a promise from scripture, and take that and then personally apply it to your life. So for me, for Dustin, for Pastor Dustin, on my list for 2024, I want my kids to be a focus in the new year. Would you say that's a good vote, a vision for a mom or a dad to have? Focus on your kids? So we write down, I'm going to write down kids, but I need to, where does it say in scripture some promises, some good things that I should be believing for in the new year? Well, we see in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, it says this, it says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. That is a promise from Scripture that I believe will come to pass because I'm going to apply it now to my life. And how am I going to do that practically? Well, maybe I'm just going to have my kids read their Bible. What an amazing thought. We would have them read the Bible and then we will be completing and hopefully achieving what this verse is talking about. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord because we will be shaping and molding and fashioning the hearts of our little people growing up in our homes so that one day when they get older, they will not depart. Another way in which we can do this when you're writing down for your goals, many of you like to write down like better marriage or new job, right? So, if you're praying for a better marriage, well, then don't just say, well, I heard Dr. Phil say this once about marriage, and this is what I want. What does Scripture say about marriage? We see in Matthew chapter 19, and verse 6, it says, so they are no longer two. These are the words of Jesus. They are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. That's a good promise from God for your marriage, amen? So how does that practically How can you practically write that down on your list for your new year? Well, I would say maybe let's connect spiritually, physically, and emotionally on a deeper level. And we can do that by how? Making time at night or in the morning. See, these are things that we can do as children of God, as people who believe in the word of God, and not just make these vague statements for our families, but take the promises of God and then personalize it to our life. I put it this way. Make your vision biblical and then specify it and apply it to your life. And going into 2024, I guarantee you that when you walk into this new year with vision, with intention, with being practical on how God is going to show himself in your life and in your family, I'll tell you this. When you get to the end of 2024, going into 2025, you're going to see God in your life. You're going to see him in your families. You're going to see where he showed up in your business. You're going to see the fruit that comes on the other side of commitment. Committing yourself to the Lord, amen? And if we commit ourselves to the Lord, then what? He gives us the desires of our heart. I think this is worth saying, but right now, some of you are having a hard time with generating goals for 2024. You're thinking to yourself, i 2023 wasn't awesome. I didn't see God in any of it. So why should I expect him to show up in 2024? And I think one of the best places to begin generating a vision for your future and for your family, for your business, a good place to start is remembering, is remembering where you were maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, and looking at where God has been faithful through those years. Because I bet there's a chance that some of you right now are living in that dream or that miracle that you once prayed for. Maybe you prayed for a spouse for all those years, and they could very well be sitting next to you right now. Maybe you prayed for a business, and, you, and it took forever to get started, and you couldn't see how God would ever make it work. Well, maybe you're living that dream finally right now. Did the pandemic try to tear it down? Sure. Is it still going? Praise the Lord. But if we would start envisioning our future and our goals for this new year, and when we would start thinking about the possibilities that God could achieve, start from that place of remembrance. Start from that place of remembering all that he's done and where he's brought you and what he's brought to fruition because sometimes it's hard to think of anything good when you've been living in something potentially so bad. Because if you've been suffering or you've been through some trauma this last year, it might skew your vision on how you view God and it could skew your vision on what you even want for your own life. But just remember this, if you're still alive, it's a good day. Amen? If your life looks a little different than the way you thought it was going to, ask yourself the question, is it good? Because God can take what is broken in your life, He can take what He wants established, and He can make it good and He can make it great and He can also take it to the heights and depths and the width of what, I mean, I would put it in the realm of impossible. And so for 2024, shoot for the stars, church, amen? Start from that place of remembrance and thanking God before you make that list because when you begin to think and imagine and envision for your life, when you come from a place of gratitude and thankfulness, it opens up new realms of possibilities because you're not thinking with a stressed-out mind, an anxious heart, and a negative spirit. You are already thinking and praising God, and so he's just going to start downloading ideas to you in the moment. And it's interesting that in the book of Ezekiel, even though we did... Read about the doom and gloom and the judgment that God casted upon the nation of Israel because of these false visions and prophecies that were begin being given. I love how God ultimately always creates an opportunity for redemption and how he always creates an opportunity for renewal and restoration. Because in Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 through 6, the nation of Israel seemed pretty broken, pretty dry, desolate no hope and no future, but God gave them a promise still in the midst of their bondage because they were in literal bondage. And he told Ezekiel this, the hand of the Lord was upon me. So this is Ezekiel speaking. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, "O Lord God, you know. And you might be saying that now. I don't know if this can get better, but only you know, God. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Amen. And this is the God that we serve. This is the God who ultimately loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to save you from yourself. He saved me. He redeemed me from who I used to be because I used to not live for a whole lot. I mean, there isn't a whole lot to live for when all you live for is self. It gets boring after a while. It's pretty defeating. It's actually lonely when all we do is live for self. But God, as he often does, will bring redemption and restoration and new life to brokenness and dryness and a place of destruction because he is a God who is not content with leaving us where we are. He loves us and he cares for us and he sent his son for us to redeem us and to save us from this fallen world. And so today, some of you, you might be in this dry place, this valley of dry bones. You might not think what's You might be thinking to yourself, what's the point in creating a goal sheet? What's the point in dreaming of a new marriage? What's the point in dreaming of something better for my kids? What's the point? I'll tell you this. The point is that all of those things are of God. And I believe glorify God in the end. And they can and they will be good if you put your trust in Jesus. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, make sure to like and subscribe so you can receive these new messages as soon as they're available. Also, I just want to take a moment and thank all of you who are part of Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor. Whether you support us financially, or serve with us, or just share these messages online, it's because of you that we're able to reach people locally and around the world. And if you want more information on how to be a part of the church, make sure you click the link in the description. To help us continue to spread the good news, don't forget to leave a review, like, and subscribe. Have a blessed day.